Final hour. Moving so fast. It's okay. We've had a lot of fun. It's been a good show today here on 104.5 The Zone. Happy to have you in for the final hour of these proceedings before I head out to Titans practice today. Catch up. See all the sights that are to be seen. Tell you if Julio Jones is likely not practicing again. A.J. Brenno back. Ben Jones, though, back. Nate Davis back. Danico Autry back. A lot of guys out there on the field. But the, uh, the watch for the one who A.J. Brown screams his praises via the TikTok is not, at, le- at least the watch continues. Julio! You worried about it? 615-737-1045. I know we've asked that question of you in some form or fashion a lot lately, but as the days pass, I see the angst growing on the social media channels, especially when, you know, he pops up in the top 100. Of the NFL. The NFL is doing this godforsaken thing that we do every year at this time. The NFL's top 100 is voted by the players, and the players don't know half the other guys' names. They just know the numbers that they wear when they game plan against them each week. But, yeah, sure, let's do it. I hate this thing. But you love it, Lucas. I know you're excited about it. I know you've been watching it. I know you've been glued to the television screen <laughs> for all 100 picks. Now, no, don't laugh at me. I'm not. You said this. I, I lied you. you said I let's, the top 100. You said let's talk about the top 100, and I all but spat at you. <laughs> and you said, I really like it. And I said, I think it stinks. Glued to the TV. All 100 picks. Got to find out who's number 67. I just, Im- <laughs> just imagine you and Blue and the cat sitting in your home, sitting in your apartment, just <laughs> locked in. Eating homemade marinara sauce. Yes, and the dog. Yeah, just with a spoon uh, right out of the jar. No, it's... it's I mean, I would. That marinara, that marinara by the way, you made good? really good. Nice. Uh, no, it's a mark of nostalgia for me. I grew up watching that thing. I don't know what it is. Like, the different ways that they, you know, show the number of, like, the 63rd player. It's like six and a three, and they show, like, the seat number 63. I don't know. It's like, as a, that stuff sticks out to me as a kid sitting in front of my TV. That's I'm not stuff- saying that the production value is not good. I, it's just a mark of nostalgia for me. And I think it has more credibility than just like a PFF list where some guy found like one analytical avenue or viewpoint that just broke down the top 10 wide receivers and put like Cole Beasley at the top or oh, something. Sure. You know what I mean? Like- but in fact, it has less credibility because the players don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> but I enjoy, I enjoy that hearing that perspective. It's impressive the amount of players they get. To talk about the other guys. They're literally the NFL. What do you mean? It's impressive the amount of players they get. It's the only list. It's the only list that I that I legitimately enjoy. It's mostly, I think it is mostly a nostalgia thing. I grew up watching all those NFL film lists, the top 20 defensive backs of all time. All know? right, I'm very happy for you that this state-run media product is something that you cannot, <laughs> that you've grown up. Uh, well, listen, you're the audience. Like, you, there's so many more people that feel the way that you do than feel the way that I do. Whereas I'm just looking at this thing and seeing, you know, as Brandon Thorne of The Athletic pointed out yesterday, there's not a single damn offensive lineman in the top 30. Yeah. This is a tough. team in Nashville that had a 2,000-yard rushing uh, rushing back last year. There's not a single offensive lineman. Hell, there's not a single Titans offensive lineman on the list. Who Who is the highest-rated offensive lineman on there? Who would you think it is? I bet it's Zach Martin, and I bet he's, like, in the in the 40s. Right? I mean, can you find that out for me? Can you pull up the list right now as we, as I, uh, you know, I'm a professional. I'll stall for you. But there's a handful of Titans players on this list. Derrick Henry's in the top 10. Julio Jones, I believe, came in at 29. Ryan Tannehill's on the list as well. Jeffrey Simmons is in there, and A.J. Brown is too. So that's what? 
Derek, Julio, AJ, Tannehill, Simmons, five players for the Titans. Now, here's what I'll say, because I hate this exercise. I think it's dumb. I think it's a waste of time. I'm not going to watch it. I'll retweet it when the Titans put out, you know, the players that make it. Um, and they put out the clip on their account. I'll retweet it because you guys like it, right? You want to see your players do well, and you want to see your players getting no, no, you know, noted and paid attention to by the rest of the players in the league. I think that matters to people, even as I think the list is dumb and flawed. And the David Bakhtiari, the number one offensive lineman on the list. And where does he rank? 36. Okay, so that's just flat wrong. Right, right? one above Darius Leonard, one behind Darren Waller. Um. Yeah, I, it's just, it doesn't make sense that, it doesn't make sense that this team would have the kind of running back that they do, and it's not just him, it's about the line in front of him. That they would not have a single offensive lineman in the top 100 invalidates the list to me. As, you know, as it does a great many things, because, again, the players don't know a lot of the other players. I'm not saying it's gospel, I'm saying it's entertainment. Like, I don't watch this and say, yep, Xavier Howard, definitely a better player than Dalvin Cook, 100%. The list said it. The oh, list but there are people so. doing that. There's people doing that. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at them. I'm mad at you people out there that are having those kind of debates. Also, had Deshaun Watson come in at number 18. Yeah, that was kind of awkward, wasn't it? It was so awkward. What are they doing there? Like, the, the league is trying so hard to make people forget that, yeah, he may or may not have sexually assaulted 20-plus massage therapists. What? I mean, it was so awkward. It's just, why are you even putting him in there? Like, I get it, but I get it from a, he's still a huge, huge talent, but get him out of there. Like, it's not even, and I'm not even one of these, like, I'm not trying to do the hypersensitive cancel culture, whatever, you know, trigger words you want to use just because he has this looming over him. Doesn't make him a good football player. Like, I understand all that, but like, is it really necessary right now to have Deshaun Watson, the top 100? Of course not. Mahomes going to be number one, right? I would imagine even, I mean, it's probably true, right? He's probably a, he's probably the best player in football right now. Top to bottom because of the position, because of the ability, because of the skill set, because of the team, um, because he's been to back-to-back Super Bowls. Even if he lost last year, it wasn't, because, it wasn't his fault that they lost. It was everybody around him that failed him. So I would say Mahomes probably going to be number one, especially if the players are voting because they all know Mahomes too. And he's on the cover of Madden this year. So like that's that's kind of how things trend, even if Tom Brady is more accomplished and Tom Brady beat him a yeah, year ago. Brady's in the top 10, Rodgers, Aaron Donald, T.J. Watt. And so Derrick Henry talked about this yesterday at practice. We asked him, even if it's not necessarily, you know, it is good for Derrick Henry and the four other Titans players on this list to be recognized by their peers. I do think there's... I do think there's some import to that. But here's why I think it's important for you. Because this, you know, you, you don't care. You don't care what's, you don't care how I feel about it. You don't care that Lucas loves it or that I hate it. You care about why it's important for you. I'm going to tell you why it's important for you. Because at, at, the, at the, the most important thing in this regard is branding. Now, branding I'm not talking about the individual players. I'm talking about a generational gap in Titans fandom that we spent a little bit of time on this last Tuesday talking about. How guy how how families have kind of, you know, there's been a 
a whole, as the team has suffered and as the team has been bad prior to this, you know, basically the last five years, there's been a hole in the in the fandom from the people who attach themselves to this franchise after the 99 Super Bowl run to those who faded away after they started to languish under, you know, uh, Jake Locker and, and some tough years with Hasselbeck and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Zach Mettenberger and how the team really hit some, some lows, some, some significant lows that caused people to not be interested in them. Now you're seeing this start to trend back up, whereas if you're like a, you're an eight-year-old and you've got parents who are Titans fans and they have, they have started to try and get you to be a Titans fan even though your team at the start of your life was not the best in football. But now you know that the Titans win and that you love Jeffrey Simmons. So you see Jeffrey Simmons on TV while you're watching the top 100 list with your family. And you're saying, wow, that's my favorite player being talked about among the league's best right now. I'm going to go get a Jeffrey Simmons jersey, and all my friends are going to be jealous of my Jeffrey Simmons jersey. That matters. It matters that people who are not necessarily Titans fans but are fans of the sport and recognize individual accomplishments, i.e. Derrick Henry or Julio Jones or A.J. Brown, start to like the Titans from afar because they see them on these kind of lists and they know they watch the highlights, then they start to check out games, they have them in fantasy football because they recognize the name, then they start playing, paying closer attention to the Titans. It grows the fan base to have that kind of branding out there. That's why I think it's important, even as I find the list to be dumb. So this was Derrick Henry talking about, you know, how he feels that his colleagues, his peers in the league would vote him into the top 10, even though he does not know yet where he falls within the top 10. Um, yeah, it's always, uh, you know, it's always it's great to have that respect um, from your peers. There's a lot of great players in this league. And, you know, for them to look at me as one of the top players in the league, I greatly appreciate it. You know, just there's so many great players, you know, so for my name to be mentioned, I'm, I'm honored and thankful. Honored and thankful. That's the right approach. And we talked to Derek a lot yesterday. Um, and I thought he was I thought he was really good about talking about his singular focus. He went through his first full day of work yesterday. He said, you know, if they ask me to play in the preseason game, I'll obviously play. It's football. But, you know, at, at this point, he's not like turning down the the ability to play in a preseason game, even though he probably won't play against the Bears on Saturday. I would not end unless they're all out there. I wouldn't anticipate seeing him out there. We'll talk to Ramon Foster about the Titans offensive line that we've seen thus far and how big a difference there is between them and the guys that we know will start on Sundays once the regular season begins. We'll also talk about the balls because things are trending. Despite Josh Heupel's best efforts, it seems that they are trending towards a starting quarterback. And, of course, Ramon is already tied up in the, uh, in the legend and the lore of Joe Milton, even though I don't think he's very good. Ramon Foster of J. Martin Ramon coming up next. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone. So we're going to do a little show crossover because I think for as much as I love Ramon Foster, this is the first time that we've had him on the radio show. And it's not because I harbor any ill will towards my friend Ramon, but it's because your J-Mart and Ramon people, your fam, so-called, have tried to invade my space, Ramon. They have four hours in the morning to do it. Now they try to infringe upon my property. Lucas, tell Ramon the DM that you got yesterday 
having to do with my Twitter account. I, by the way, I can hear the quotation marks in your voice when you say the word fam. Because I want to spit it into uh, the microphone instead of saying it into the uh, microphone. Ramon, cousin Caden, uh, a loyal listener of not only your show, our show as well. He's a, he's a very loyal listener to the station. He DM'd, yeah. DM'd me on Friday and said, I have a, he, he started with this, I have a petty proposition for you. And I said, oh, no. And he said, during Monday's Buck Rising show, if you could change his Twitter handle to Cousin Buck. <laughs> now, I didn't want to face any of the collateral that would come with doing that, Ramon. So I politely refused, thanked him for listening, and yada, yada. But just know that this is happening. The fam is infiltrating every other show on this station, which I think is by design. If, if I can clear something up real quick, just so you know, we're not sending anybody out. There has been no personal vendettas. We love every person on the show. Hey, look, they told us in the YouTube chat on Zone TV, hey, if we need you guys, we'll call you, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> what are we supposed to do at this point, Buck? It's one of those things where we grew it in a lab, and now we're here. We don't know what to do, but I love it. No, of course you should. It's fantastic. It's a beautiful community that you've built. Uh, morning, 6 to 10 a.m., where you can hear Jason and Ramon and Schaefer, even as much as I despise Schaefer and the way he behaves towards me. It's fine. I still love him, even though I don't necessarily. It's consistent. Uh, it's, it is consistent. God bless him. He's consistent. Um, I would say to you, though, Ramon, they are now infringing upon the thing that I care about most because had Lucas gone along with the bit and they changed my name on Twitter, I would have lost my check mark, and then everybody would have paid. Oh, yeah, that's one thing about Twitter. If you ever change your name, you either better have somebody that can directly link you to Twitter or it's a wrap. I saw somebody change their name because they were switching stations. Yeah. Lost their tech mark. Clear to say they were devastated, Buck. Yeah, this, the, there would be all-out war upon the morning show if that was to take place at the hands that's, of one of wow. these damn cousins. J-Mart's still trying to get it back. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just <laughs> screaming into the ether. But we're not here to talk about check marks and Twitter fights with Ramon Foster. Uh, we are here to talk about the level of play that we've seen from the offensive line in two games, Ramon, has been subpar. Now, of course, these are not players that are going to start for this team on Sundays, but I've, I'm wondering what you've made of this particular group of guys across the board behind the dudes that we know to be day one starters. That's why there's a difference between the starters and the guys who come in after them. Or I like to say sometimes starters in waiting, though. Yeah. There is a drop-off, you know, and it's uh, it's kind of expected, but you want to see individually how one guy responds. Uh, and case in point, I thought um, Dylan Radens had a, an okay game the first game. This next showing of his wasn't his best showing. I, I saw on Twitter. I saw it myself. I know everybody's talked about it in terms of where he has to bounce back in this third game. And just across the board, they've gotten a lot of things done on this offensive line with the second unit, but it has to be more consistent. You're seeing negative plays or pressure on the quarterback here and there, and you just kind of contributed to the fact that, look, the inexperience sometimes is what you just kind of faulted to. I'll say this, uh, Todd Bowles and, and uh, Tampa, he kind of pulled back the bow and arrow and shot towards every single offensive lineman on, that, uh, on the Titans' second unit, man. Yeah. He brought it after them, and they didn't respond accordingly. But, again, I'm a guy that says death camp. They're going to hate seeing that film, but they need to correct it because you guys know, like I know, it's not many guys that dress on game day. It's 46. you got to start picking and choosing what numbers and what guys you're going to take on, the, uh, on game day. And these guys better start making a way for themselves soon. The swing tackle and also the one interior guy that they got to carry on game day. 
Ramon Foster of J Mart Ramon here with us on 104.5 The Zone. So from that standpoint, Ramon, because you've played obviously a a great amount of offensive line football in your life, both college and pro, uh, and long before that, with, with the position and the pressure that a quarterback can create unnecessarily for an offensive line, how crazy did it drive you when your quarterback held onto the football too long? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I'll say this. My position was a little bit different. I had patience for Ben because it was told to me on start number one of mine, hey, um, you know how long you block? Well, block longer. longer. And then when you think you've blocked long enough, block even more because that's the way Ben is. Yeah. Okay, when, when it was a young guy coming in or a guy that wasn't Ben, I had a little less patience for it because Ben's playmaking ability as opposed to the guy that was behind him wasn't the same. And I'm sure – uh, if, if Roger and Taylor were in the game with a backup guy, they're looking at them, whether it's Matt Barkley, Logan Woodside, I was like, hey, get rid of the ball. Yeah. Like, we'll appreciate blocking for you, but you're not 17. And uh, it, it's one of those things where PFF and the people that judge you can see you getting a negative play when in reality it doesn't fall on you. I thought uh, watching Trevor Lawrence last night, there was a little bit of that from him. Watching Taysom Hill a little bit last night with the Saints, there was a lot of that from him. And not knowing where your quarterback's going to be, it sucks. And that's some angst that a guy just doesn't like to have. And at the end of the day, only time we get our names called is if we have a negative play if there's pressure on the quarterback. So that's a bad place to be, Buck. That's, that's, the se- that's exactly what I'm thinking when I'm watching, in particular, Logan Woodside, Ramon. Like, I'm not, I'm not somebody who claims to understanding, uh, understand the nuances of offensive line play and, and the techniques that go into and and the difference between, you know, I understand the difference in time for in protection Mm -hmm. between a, you know, a three-step drop and a five-step drop and a seven-step drop, all these things, because I know that matters for you guys up front. But that's what I'm watching when I watch Logan Woodside. How, I mean, from a, from a, when when you guys meet as an offense after these, these preseason games, after the film is put out there and after you go back and study it, how much are the coaches going to harp on the quarterback specifically for that when they understand what the protection needed to be based on the drop that the quarterback is supposed to take? And see, that's why the league is one of those things. Like, if you have a good play, forget about it. You have a bad play, forget about it, too. And one of the guys that really brought that to our attention was we really good offensive line coach, Mike Muntag, that he would point it to us in the games, like, hey, look, don't worry about that play. He's supposed to be in the box. Or it's one of those plays where the ball is supposed to be gone right now but you still take it personally because the outside perception of you is, is drawn already by people like me and you who write and talk about it, and then they got to deal with the perception of hey, this guy's probably a bad player. Um, w- when you understand the game, let's say Logan Woodside, even Matt Barkley also too, when it, when it comes down to them being pros and being efficient, knowing when to get rid of the ball, like you, you've heard the, uh, the concept, Buck, of NFL Open. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Just because somebody's covering him doesn't mean that he's not open. It's up to you to get that ball out. And sometimes you'll see guys stroke the ball in the pocket one or too many times, and then the pocket collapses. That's on that quarterback. But, of course, the guys up front are the ones that take that heat, and it sucks. Being the starter, as you guys know and you've seen too, is not an easy task. And I don't say that in the sense of being condescending of the guys behind you, but everybody loves the backup until they realize – how hard the starter's job is. Like, getting Ryan Tannehill as opposed to the quarterbacks over before him, you see the difference. And you see the, the, the level of consistency you have to have. And that's why I'm talking about with this young offensive line, too. Like, making it in the league is fine. 
But to be a guy that's looked at as a starter in waiting, i.e. the two offensive linemen that are uh, backups on game day, they got to push themselves to be that type of rated, to not have a drop-off and be, you know, where let's say uh, Taylor Lewan got to drag a guy with him on blocking plays. There's a standard to being a starter. There's differences big time. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, actually, I don't know what the transition was there. I was trying to be a good radio broadcaster, Ramon, and I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't have a good, I didn't have a good transition there, but there's some players breaking... messed up, man. Uh, yeah. Listen, I can't be, I can't be polished all the time, buddy. That's, that's, uh, there's no way I would get through three hours, but the breaking news from your buddy, Eric Kane, um, Prairie Tennessee spokesman, UT will not require vaccination proof or masks for fans attending home football games this season. LSU has already put out today that they will require all Tiger Stadium guests 12 years of age or older to provide proof of vaccination or a negative COVID PCR test within 20 or 72 hours of entry. So a little bit of breaking news in the middle of this. We'll talk about uh, the Vols with Ramon here in just a second from a football standpoint. Ramon, what makes a, what makes for an explosive run? Is it more often blown gap assignments by the defense or is it blocking? Can you be unbiased here? <laughs> but you normally know, with blocking for the most part, okay, is blocking. And truth be told, it could be simply a guard just clipping a, a linebacker on the second level. Like that's the differences right there. I think people are, are kind of, you know, confused about what's a good block in the NFL. Sometimes it's really keeping the battle at the line of scrimmage or moving your guy one inch in, in the other direction or, hey, I've seen plays where we've gotten guys – well, guys have gotten blown up and it still be a 20-yard run. There's really no rhyme or reason to it unless you're seeing like a gap scheme where, let's say, Roger Saffold is pulling or uh, you, you have Nate Davis pulling to the other side like, and you see the cleanup block. You see the running backs hit the edge and make a big play out of it. And, and truth be told, it falls on the O-line, but there's a lot that goes into wide receivers blocking also. Yeah. Those five-yard plays turn into 10 and 12 and 15 sometimes. And I know that's one thing I've noticed about the Titans is it looks like it is a known environment. If you're going to catch the ball in this offense, you better be able to block. So where you see on some of those Derrick Henry runs, there's A.J. Stalk blocking a linebacker or a DB or safety and there's another like 20 yards, I mean like another 10 yards going uh, in a positive direction. And there's been so many of those for Derrick Henry, for example, that have been sprung by A.J. Brown or Corey Davis. Uh, even Adam Humphreys, after Taylor Lewan went down, he was having to chip a whole bunch uh, yeah. off the edge, which I'm sure drives a tiny slot receiver crazy given how much bigger <laughs> the people are coming at him off the edge. Ramon Foster of J-Mart Ramon here with us on 104.5 The Zone talking Titans, and let's let's talk a little Vols. Uh, Joe Milton is, mm-hmm. it seems, like going to be the starting quarterback. I think he sucked at Michigan, Ramon. Do you feel good about this? You know what? I, I, of course I knew somebody that played at Michigan. I asked him straight up. I was like, you know, what, what kind of player is he? His direct words, really good player. He just needs to be coached up. He didn't have that in Michigan is what I heard about him. Mm-hmm. One thing we've heard about Josh Heupel is he's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. Now, I'm not being a full optimistic when I say this. I'm just going to wait and see because that's what was told to me. He seems to be a guy that has the attributes. He's got the arm. But you guys know, like I know, what good is a, is a strong, powerful arm if you don't know how to use it correctly? I look, look at uh, Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. We've seen this story play out a couple times. Guy big and strong, but he can't really hit the backside of a barn when you need him to. Um, if he's able to play this offense the way he's supposed to, run when he has the ability to, and just be a manager, that's one thing we've we haven't had in UT is somebody that can fully manage the game. 
from JG just being gunshot, I mean, shell shock to anything coming his way, to the guys coming up behind him. I mean, there's been way too much turnover, and I think it's good to go with a guy like Joe Milton simply because he's older, he's on his second opportunity. It's, you know we love second opportunities in all sports, and it's, I feel like he'd be more poised than anybody else behind him right now. Well, they, I mean, I think the coaching staff clearly agrees with you. Otherwise, they wouldn't have brought, brought him in so late in the process through the transfer portal. But, I mean, you know I can't, I can't trust Lucas on this. I can't trust you on this. You're both uh, just outrageously biased. The, the orange-colored oh, glasses. glasses. I mean, it's, it's, I can't escape it. I can't get an honest opinion from anybody about Tennessee around here. You're, you're trying to end his career before he takes a damn snap. No, well, listen, I'm, just, I'm trying to brace myself for the inevitability that I'm not going to like what this dude looks like as soon as he trots out there for a Saturday. I'm, try, I'm doing but, this for but, me. I, I, I didn't give you, like, a full, like, hey, I'm all in. I just told you what I was told and what it looked like. Like, this is a guy that played with him in Michigan and said that, hey, he's good, but he's got to be coached up. Now, it's also depending on can he be coached. Yeah. You know, like, there's a lot that goes into it. I said 8-2 last year. I made a rookie mistake, okay? So <laughs> I've, I've pulled back a little bit now on this. And I'm just being realistic about where we are as a university. Wait, 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 wait. What? Yeah, I, I missed the 8-2 and two prediction from a year ago. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I was bucked. I'm talking about high strung on my balls. Okay? And I looked at the schedule like, we can get them there. We can get them here. And me, I it was, it was I had on some dark orange tinted glasses, okay? And that's all I was saying. I was like, man, we can go 8-2. and two. So what are you rolling with this year, Ramon? Yeah, mate. Now, man, now, now it's back up to nine and three. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, 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 I'm looking at it. I, I said, if we get six wins, that's a win for us. Yeah, that's there's. That. We have hardly any depth. The quarterback position is a thing. O line depth is a thing, and just linebackers also. So it's six wins, man. I had somebody on our show tell us we could possibly get seven, but I said, whoa, don't you do that to me. I, I'm off that narcotic, man. <laughs> Recovering Vols addict Ramon Foster here with us on 1045 The Zone. Ramon, uh, so as an NFL player, for as many great teams as you played for with the Steelers, did you pay a damn bit of attention to the NFL Top 100 at all? Um, there was always conversation about it. I was texting Lucas on the side. He asked me, you know, how was it? I'll say this. It's one of those things that, that, that guys talk about where it's like, well, unless you're going to do it. Like, yeah. you don't care about it unless you're on it. Yeah. And then when you see you on it, it's like, well, who's ahead of me? Why am I that low? Uh, you know, I played with A.B. and Ben. I watched guys take off and Marquise. Those were the guys that made it on our team. Ben made it. And it's just who's actually – and this was the other thing behind it. When it come out, guys would always, man, who voted on this? Like yeah. nobody knew who voted on it. So we always looked at it with a side eye, but it was one of those, hey, it was a conversation piece to be had. I'll tell you this, the guys who made the top 10, let's say like an Antonio Brown guy, like it was a great tip of the hat. I think 20 down is where it really gets real particular about who's where. And I heard you say something about Bakhtiari was like 36, Luke, 36, Luke. Yeah, number that's one offensive Luke. lineman on there. That's disrespectful. That's what I'm saying. It's, who should be? Yeah, it, it's, it's way disrespectful. I also thought Miles Garrett should have been high, but I know he was out because of the uh, COVID situation. Kamara... Could have been top 10. I don't see, and I know he's yet to be named where he's going to be. I personally, and we talked about it this morning, don't know if Josh Allen's top 10 yet, but I fall back. I 
looked at this and I saw no t- no offensive lineman, especially given the team that I cover and the team that we talk about here locally, given that there was a 2,000-yard running back in Tennessee last year and there's not a single offensive lineman in the top 30, much less a single one of them ought for Derrick Henry, in front of Derrick Henry, on this damn list, Ramon. I don't care about it. It's useless to me. Well, I'll say this, too, and it's, it's, it's neglectful, and I think it's a little bit of what Delaney said uh, about a couple months ago, and he was like, the market, trying to get that recognition. And Tennessee is getting to that point. I know a lot of people gave him flack about what he said, but he wasn't completely wrong in saying, look, no. the market's got to grow. The notoriety's got to bring more to this team. And now Tennessee Titans are having some named guys, Julio, AJ, Derrick Henry, Tannehill, Big Jeff. Like now you're starting to get into that world of, man, we got to keep our eyes on Tennessee. When we had, I think it was the year Connor went, Ben went, AB went, Pounce went, DeCastro went, Alejandro went. It's because you had some names around that. Alejandro is a former Army Ranger, so you have some recognition. So this year, looking at this 2,000-yard rusher and Derrick Henry, I say having LaJuan back is awesome. I say Roger Saffold is a name in this league. Uh, Nate Davis is a guy that's coming along. And if they repeat it this year, I think because of the, you know, the nudging of, of the national media, they get that recognition. And we have PFF on them. I know people like to crap on them, but sometimes they have some – really good points. And this point that was made, I think, by Steve Palazzolo that said, look, there was nobody that stood out individually, but as a unit, they did well. And that could be a thing, too. I uh, I like Steve Palazzolo. I think the rest of them are hacks, but I know that they make for good radio content. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. such I'm as... I'm with you on that one. What are we? What, what are we? Oh, I'm a hack for sure. But, you know, we don't got to say that Me out loud. <laughs> Ramon Foster, 6 to 10 a.m. is where you can listen to the big fella with Jason Martin and Jonathan Schaefer, J. Mart and Ramon is the show. Check out the podcast. If you can't listen to it live, subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you, buddy. Absolutely, Buck. All right. We will come back. We will update you on who is not practicing for the Titans today. There are no shocks. There are no surprises. Julio Jones not practicing. I guess I've spoiled my teeth. What, what, what was that? I don't know. <laughs> what happened? I'm having a hard time with, like, teases and transitions today. <laughs> Why'd you do it like that? I don't know. Because, <laughs> Lucas, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just here. Like, nobody tells like, They pay me an outrageous amount of money to do this job. I have no idea how to actually do this job. So I just kind of word vomit. And that's how we do three hours oh. of radio. Polls, next. <laughs> So Lucas, I guess, just thought the show was over early. The music starts playing. You're not in the studio. You know there's a camera on you, right? Yeah, I'm dipping out. What are you doing? Is there something more in- interesting than the radio show in the green room? What's happening? No, our buddy Josh Black is dropping off a painting because my roommate Blue purchased a painting from him, and he wanted to drop it off with me, but I didn't have time to run down there, so Will Bowling is helping me out. Oh, did he show up to work finally? <laughs> yes, Will's well, good. See. That's important. Jesus. This news from Tennessee and LSU, frankly, about what their policies are going to be coming in to the 2021 season, having to do with COVID vaccinations and masking requirements or lack thereof. So LSU, if you haven't been paying close attention to this, because Jerry Jones of the Cowboys is out here on this hill too. LSU has said, as we told you In the last segment, they are requiring, and this is not just for football. This is for the campus as well. 
My alma mater, Indiana, did this to where you couldn't come to campus if you didn't have your vaccine. So LSU is requiring all Tiger Stadium guests 12 years or of age and older to provide proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 PCR test taken within 72 hours prior to entry. Now, this made me, uh, this is going to be a decision that a lot of people are going to have to make. Tennessee has gone the opposite way with this. They are not requiring vaccinations or a negative COVID test to enter the stadium or masks, apparently. I will be curious to see, because the Raiders have already done this, right? It was the dumbest thing in sports last week where they there was a, a shot a, a news outlet in LA that reported it as, as yeah, you can get the COVID vaccine and come to the stadium or get shot on site, not get a <laughs> shot on site, but get shot on site. Good. Up to you. Up to you. Choose life. But, uh, I'm going to be curious to see what the Titans do with this. I'm gonna see if I can't find out more about this after, uh, I'm going to go to practice right after the show concludes today. Cause they're out on the field right now. Worth noting, A.J. Brown practicing for the second day. No Julio Jones again. So I'm doing uh, the Titans question and answer bit that I do on the A to Z Sports Instagram handle right now. And I was just asked, you know, what, uh, how much of the starting offense should people expect to see on Saturday? And again, I don't know for certain what the case is going to be right now. I just, you know, I bet it's Ferkser and whomever is going to play right tackle for you. It's just I don't know if they're going to play right tackle. I think that's unless it's all of them out there, unless they got the starting five offensive linemen that want to play a series, they're not putting Tannehill out there or Henry out there. I would think it'd be foolish to do that. You're just going to have to wait for week one. I, why wouldn't you? Like, yeah. are you so desperate to see this that you can't wait two weeks against Arizona? But defensively, I think that's in, that's interesting because now you've got, Far Center pointed out in the chat, a starter quality quarterback coming to town and we'll see what they do. Well, and they've played a lot of starters. They've played Simmons, Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, Kevin Byer, Jackrabbit. Um, a lot of starters have played, not a ton, but like not a ton of snaps, rather, but they have played some in the preseason. So potentially can actually learn something about this defense against a somewhat starter quality offense. I don't know how many starters around Fields they're going to play. And their offensive line stinks. But if, but if Justin Fields balls out against the Titans on Saturday, yeah. <laughs> Bears fans are going to freak out when Andy Dalton's the starter against the Rams. Well, and the Titans fans are just going to say, look, defense, uh, right. preseason defense doesn't matter. The so stakes are high yeah. on this preseason game. God almighty, kill me now. Um, all right, polls. <laughs> all right, Dan. I reckon I'll talk about a poll update. Mm. This is Carl Childers. There's a young feller. Mm. I think he's got the final numbers. Here's the producer of the Buck Rising Show. Mm. A feller named Lucas Panzeker. Got any mustard and biscuits? (laughs) Why did did Matt... Now who's struggling? (laughs) I can't do transitions or teases today. Talk. Why did Matt Nagy do that? (laughs) 53% say no. 47% say yes. (laughs) How many responses are just like, are you drunk? Cousin Adam said, did Buck Rising have a stroke asking this question with the options on a poll? Yes, yes, or yes. I voted yes for what it's worth. Uh, Puka said, can you be more specific, please? And she also said, what? Farsender says, at least Titans get some practice against an actual starting QB Saturday. He was completely unfazed by the out-of-context poll. And Brian said, probably the greatest poll I've ever seen. I mean, listen, sometimes I just like to piss people off at the polls. And so I said, why did Matt Nagy do that? Yes or no? And Lucas (laughs) laughed, so we did it. No context polls. Big fan.
Is Bart Durham a Nashville institution? 73% say yes. It is one percentage point down from the 74 that it was when Josh was in studio. Uh, still a popular guy, Bart Durham, from beyond the grave. How comfortable are you with Joe Milton as the Vols' starting quarterback? Comfortable, uncomfortable, or he's winning the Heisman? 45% are comfortable, 34% are uncomfortable, 21% believe he is winning the Heisman. 21% of you, I hate you. <laughs> I really do. Listen, I appreciate the optimism. And and to Ramon's point, right, there are people who think that he was in a bad, and Lucas is among them because I told him quit being a homer and stop making excuses because Michigan, to say that Michigan has adversity and Tennessee doesn't is laugh out loud funny to me. But there is plenty of promise there. I understand that he had issues with his thumbs last year, both thumbs last year, that caused him to be wildly inaccurate. So I'm grading on a curve that may not be fair of Joe Milton. But I am keeping my expectations low for Joe Milton while the rest of you think, you know, 21% of you think he's going to be a Heisman candidate. At Tennessee Sports Bet says, I can't be convinced we aren't winning the Natty and him the Heisman. With a screenshot of a Google search, Joe Milton height weight says 6'5", 245 pounds. Next to another screenshot of a Google search, Cam Newton height weight, 6'5", 245 pounds. Yeah, that, that, by that math, Brock Osweiler should have been a Super Bowl champion. So get the <laughs> hell out of here with that. Are the Jags doing Trevor Lawrence a disservice already? 85% believe yes. They're out here, Urban Meyer out here trying to get him killed. Now, he holds the football, too. You want to talk about bad sacks? He's taking some bad sacks in these two preseason games. But, like, the offensive coordinator for the Jags should already be fired before the regular season even begins because what they're asking him to do out on the field right now looks ridiculous. Remind me who their OC is. Ooh, that's a good question because it was John D. Filippo, but he is currently not in Jacksonville. I'm going to have to look this up. Uh, Jags. <laughs> Daryl Bevel. Oh, that explains it. Get him out of there. I was so pissed at the Titans fans on the social media that said that Daryl Bevel should replace Arthur Smith because Daryl Bevel has sucked in Seattle for so long with a great quarterback. And so now you think he's going to come in here and fix things? No. That, that explains so much to me about why the Jags offense looked the way it does. Because if you have people picking you apart in a preseason game saying the, what you're running is too complicated for your quarterback, you're asking too much of him, Trevor Lawrence is not Russell Wilson, you idiot, it's a problem. And Urban Meyer, you know you know all the memes that come out of Vrabel when, he's, when he, cause he, gets in this, he gets in this mode where he just he looks miserable and he's hunched over and he's got his hands on both knees. It's like the Popeye's waitress <laughs> sitting outside after too many chicken sandwiches. Like that's what Vrabel... Urban Meyer had that face on yesterday. He's like, going to have that a lot this season. Are you kidding me? Get, get ready to lose, Urban, for the first time in your life. Look, when, when Urban Meyer's situations go south, they go really south. It's not just, oh, he's not really getting over the hump. Got to let him go. They go south. It collapses. So, I, I, I mean, this whole thing, this whole, this whole Jags experiment, I'm excited for it because it's going to make for great content, and the Titans play him twice a year, so I'll take it. But... Other than that, what a joke. What will uh, not be a joke is Blaine and Mickey. How about that for a tease? We're back, baby. <laughs> Blaine and Mickey's up next.